Mama. Mama. We made it. What it, what it, what it Everybody, welcome to the Mama We Made It podcast. By now, you've called your mother goddamn near eight million times. I hope you, you told dig? her. I hope you told her you love her. On a daily basis. Shout out to Mother's Day being 365 days out of this year. So ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest today. And when I say very special guest, it's like every Valentine's Day, I think of sending him a box of chocolates and just letting him know that, you know, mama said life is like a box of chocolates. I love this dude like a brother. Uh, we have Christopher Drama Path on the motherfucking podcast. Let's go. Let's get it. Sorry. For those of you that don't know, Drama's been on Robin Big, The Fantasy Factory, has delved into music, started an incredible clothing line called Young and Reckless, and has also started a podcast called Short Story Long. Yo, make sure to check that out. We'll get into everything. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a beautiful conversation. As you all know, this is behind the scenes when the lights turn off and the curtain close, just a conversation amongst friends. That's it. And I'm so excited to get into this welcome drama. Let's get it. Welcome. Hey, man. Thank you, guys. That you was a powerful saying? intro. I appreciate you. <laughs> um, you got a powerful vibe here. When you walk in the door, you got music playing. Music playing. You guys got your little table set up. We got the street street sounds, the, the ambient street sounds. That's of the boulevard. You know what's really crazy about the street sounds? What's that? Is that two nights ago... I was over here eating saffron and rose Persian ass ice cream at like 1.30 in the morning watching Netflix. And I heard this big ass fucking kaboom. Bro, this street right here, mind you, Wilshire and Beverly Glen, is like one of the most dangerous like intersections, bro. Wait, there's a lot of wrecks? Family, I heard this humongous kaboom, okay? Oh, man. I was chilling there and I like walked outside and I'm trying to look and see like what happened. Did it happen right here? Next thing I know, three fire trucks, no. two ambulances, cop mm -hmm. cars just right over there near the Sterling Tower. Yep. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I really wish I would have walked over there, but I didn't. I talked to my valet the next day. and How he did said, you not walk over there? I don't know. I don't know. I was a little stoned. I was like ice creamed yeah, yeah. out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I wanted to know. Not, yeah. I told myself if I don't go over there, I'm going to feel stupid. And yeah. I definitely feel stupid. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I but, understand. If I smoked weed, I'm not leaving my front. Bro, door. one of the guys down there said two young kids were just mashing up Wilshire. No way. Hit a parked car. Ugh. And there were fatalities. Bro. Oh. No. Yeah. What a it's way insane. to start off a podcast. How wild yeah, is that? My, my deepest apologies. You know what I'm, I'm throwing condolences. We had boxes of chocolates and now we're throwing yeah. condolences yeah, I was out. like, hey, I love Wilshire. And you're like, you want to know what happens on Wilshire? <laughs> death. death. Bloody, bloody death. <laughs> Crazy. But look, for every death, there's a rebirth. And this is where this podcast comes into play. Here we you know? are. Yep. So, drama, you know, in listening to podcasts myself, I heard like a very... Very interesting story from Big Black on the Fighter and the Kid podcast. Yeah. And he when did was, he do that? Sorry to interrupt. It was like, I want to say like a month ago. Oh, recently? Yeah, it was pretty Was it recent. a month ago? It was wow. pretty recent. Word. Dude. Yeah. Word. Go. So he was, he was kind of going into the whole, you know, Robin Big story and all that. But like yep. he touched on something. And I feel like this is kind of like one of those crazy moments in life yep. where, you know, as youngins, we're always, you know, especially in today, like where entertainment is bustling and cats want to be in music, fashion, like the whole lifestyle of all these things seems so glitzy and glamorous. Oh, yeah. But, you know, in having these conversations with folks, you start to realize that it's either just choices that people make yeah. or opportunities that they seized, right? Like oh, not yeah. knowing that this one's going to take them down that line, yeah. but this one's going to take them somewhere. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So what, what was spoken about was that, you know, you were a kid in Ohio. Yep. You wanted to, you know, come out to L.A., get your start in music, if, yep. I'm, if I'm correct. Well, I mean, wait, did Big Black say this? Yeah, Big Black actually he noted, gave a breakdown of mine. Okay, so, so he didn't give he didn't give you a breakdown. He yeah. actually just noted on this fact that Rob had an assistant. Yeah, and it was talking about like how not, like they didn't plan this, and like yeah. you coming on the show actually wasn't planned. Yeah, because Rob had an assistant yeah, yeah, who yeah. fell madly in love with this girl. Yeah, yeah, he told that story, and then this girl like it was like one of those guy moments. Like a lot of kids go yeah. to college for their girlfriends yeah. or vice versa. Yeah, but. He I gotta ended listen up, to it. 
Yo, bro, you gotta let me go. I gotta see if I can go do their podcast. Too. Yes. Yeah. We'll talk with them. Yeah, please. They're homies. We'll talk with them. I'd I love, love to that get you it on came up. So, wait, wait, sorry. I, I know so, that I'm. I know that I'm being ADD here. No, but all love. Were Were they just asking for like kind of a breakdown of how the whole thing came about? So essentially, like, it was like this whole story, right? And then like they kind of got into the the how Robin Big came to yep, fruition, yep, 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 right? Yep, yep. And then he kind of went into like the the inner layers of of how it wasn't what it seemed, yeah. and how like. They didn't know what the fuck was going on yeah. as it was going on, but it started coming out like really crucial yeah. and really clutch. Yeah. Um, and the dynamic just built. And then how you added to that dynamic. Yeah. And yeah. he kind of got into the fact of like you, it's crazy because you weren't supposed to be on the show. Now, hell no. So it's, so. So let me give take, you, you, want take, me to give me, to you? take me through that. Because let me say this, this is what's funny. And, and I think if I ever write a book, hopefully I have a reason to, meaning hopefully my life pans out to be exciting enough. But uh, <laughs> a, a really important chapter will be the two girls mm. that really... And put, zero cups, y'all. Two girls, zero cups. Yeah. I don't, really, want any, I don't want any cups around you. You know what I mean? No, there were no, no cups. Okay. <laughs> no and cups. there was no puking or gagging or yes, shit. Thank God. Um, but two girls that really shaped my entire sort of life path. Mm. And that is number one, and, and I'll try to make a long story short here. Um, number one was that my brother, as soon as I graduated high school, I was supposed to move to L.A. with my brother. Okay. Mm. And we were going to get an apartment, and I was going to work at a skate shop. And I actually moved to L.A. to... Try to become like a pro skateboarder. Really? Right? It was real, really like my goal. Right? He's from Ohio. Yeah. What part what? of Ohio? Akron. Oh, Akron. Cool. Yep. So, when did you start skating? When Were I was, you really good? Because you come from like a lineage. Yeah, of, but I wasn't good enough. Okay. Uh, okay. Is, I was like, like 10 when I started. Because Akron and, and the LA skate scene must be way different than the Akron skate scene. Oh my God. LA is like the epicenter of. That's like saying the LA movie industry must yeah. be a lot different than the Akron movie industry. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I feel. That's what I feel. Like LA yeah. is like the epicenter, and Akron is just like it's not cool to skateboard there. It might yeah. be now. Word. Thanks to Rob. But um, it wasn't then. So I moved. Really, what it was was like, look, I'm going to get a job in skateboarding somewhere. Like, okay. I'm going to work at a skate shop. I'm going to hopefully one day film skateboarders. I'm going to yeah. whatever, take photos, whatever. Word. Um, so I was supposed to move in with my brother into like a shitty little apartment, right? That was the dream. Yeah. Um, what ended up happening was he ended up getting a girlfriend <laughs> and he wouldn't leave. He would not leave Ohio because it was his first ever girlfriend. Really? And I'm like, bro, you're crushing my dreams right now. Like, I just graduated oh, high school. All wow. I wanted to do was move to LA. He wouldn't move. He was your ticket. It he was, was like my all ticket. Set. My my bro. Like, let's go. We, I can't get an apartment by myself. Damn. So I'm devastated. Okay. So finally, after enough time, um, what happened was when my brother was 18. My brother's four years older than me. Okay. When he was 18, he was way better than me at skateboarding. He okay. really could have been a pro skateboarder. Um, Rob hit him up because he saw how good he was because we didn't really know Rob well and said, hey, man, you're like incredibly good. You should come out here for the summer, live with me, skate, see if you can't get something going. Okay. So uh, he did. And I was devastated, right? Because I'm 14. I'm like, oh, my God, like dream scenario. I'm yeah. never going to get this chance. Like, yeah. fuck, I'm the non-talented brother. This sucks. Oh, uh, so, so, oh, so anyways, getting to the point. So I finally, I'm sitting there. I'm 18. I just graduated high school. I'm like, fuck, man, my brother's screwing me. So I'm like, you know what, man, fuck it. So I just hit up Rob blindly like i said we barely knew each other and i said hey man like it's me your fucking little random cousin <laughs> uh like when i don't know if you remember but when my brother was 18 you let him go live with you for like a few months and like whatever can i have three months and like see if i can't find an what was that convo like for you were you just like fuck it or like yeah it was just like yeah i mean it was i'm trying to think about to compare it to now it was like because i looked up to rob so much and i didn't really know him well I don't even know what to compare it. It'd just be like asking it's, like it's the biggest be, it, favor. It's wild because like you see kids now, even in this like internet era, and cats just have a voice without without any face to it, right? Yeah. Cats think that you know you and Rob being family, you guys were super close. He just opened the fucking floodgates oh, for you. Yeah. And like, so you like, have, here's a clothing so you, line and a, you're famous now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Here's a million dollars. Of course. Of this course. is wild to me because you guys were cousins and like didn't know each other but th no. this thing happened in, in in big cat's life yeah he got the little opportunity so yeah. you're like okay you know what fuck it you're gonna crush my dreams yeah i'm gonna hit uncle uh, yeah, cousin, yeah. Rob cousin rob and i'm like yo bro just give me the same three months Word. right like i know i know just i'm three not months. nearly as good at skating i know i'm not whatever just give me the same three months um and it ended up being what it ended up coming down to was it was a month 
right? It was November 10th that I moved to LA. And I had until I had to go home, sorry, two months, until I had to go home for Christmas, which was obviously probably December 20th. So roughly two months. A month month and a half you had. Yeah. Um, And he said, yeah, you can come until Christmas and, you know, look for a job and whatever, whatever. So, great. Oh my God. This is dope. I'm getting my chance going to LA. Yeah. yeah. So I come out. Keep in mind, my wildest dream is to get an apartment and and work at a skate shop, right? Yeah. So come out. We end up becoming really, really good friends, Rob and I. Okay. And Rob now to me, no offense to my actual brother because I love my brother to death, but Rob really became like a big brother to Word. me. He taught me a lot of what I know, not only about business, but about life. Was right? this like instantaneous or like how this kind of just... Because well, pretty... like, don't get, don't get it twisted. Like you... You seemed very reserved back then. Yeah, but that was... So I'll get into that. Okay. But, but I would say, like, I came in and, you know, keep in mind, I'm 18. He's probably at the time, I don't know, like 33 or something. Yeah. So we're, like, way off on age, but I don't know. We just got along. Like, it was a very much like awesome. big brother, little brother relationship, yeah. but we just got along really well. And so we were hanging out. And I was going out with them. Like, I remember we'd go out to clubs, and I'm 18. I don't know what the fuck a club is. And, like, Big Black <laughs> and his big-ass homies would just go to the door guy and be like, yo, he's good. And I looked like I was like 15. <laughs> and they'd be like, yo, he's good. And literally the door guys would be like, all right. Like, he's, he's good. I don't know. I don't what? know if this is the next Justin Bieber or like who this little fucker see, is. See, this is such a funny LA experience. For your first experience, yeah. like coming out here and, and that's what you see. It's like your expectations like, it I, was just wanna, I just want to be in LA and just get a shitty apartment. Instead, it's like, oh. I'm doing like super LA shit. It was like, yeah. what the fuck? And that's kind of why I'll get into it, but that's kind of why my character was what it was on Robin Big. So, so really what happened was, so we're going to clubs and, and whatever, and they were just fun to be around. Keep in mind, this is Robin Big, but like the real shit when they really just lived together and yeah. we're just homies, no TV show. Yeah. So they'd already been talking to MTV, been talking to people, whatever, whatever. I think it was like, you know, a month or so after I moved here that they started kind of getting cameras in the house. Okay. And really what they did at first was they just dropped cameras off at the house, literally, and mm. said, hey, if any funny shit happens, just film it, I guess. Word. Like, that was kind of like our first test. Really? That's yeah. wild. Yeah. So so they did that, and, uh, you know, I guess we kind of started filming the pilot, like, right before I went back to Ohio, right? Or filming okay. what would have been the pilot, right? Okay. So... Yeah, I had no business on it. It was about Rob and Big Black and and whatever. Now, finishing my two girls story, what happened was it was probably like a couple days before I had to go back to Ohio. Okay. I had gotten a job, um, not an apartment yet, but I was going to do that on whatever Craigslist. Uh, And Rob's soon supposed to be assistant uh, was supposed to come up the next day from San Diego to move to film his part of the pilot. Okay. And the night before, he called Rob and said, yo, man, my girlfriend wow. won't let me come. She's making really? me choose. Either, either I stay with her in San Diego and we stay together, or I move to L.A. and she's gone and I can't leave her. Damn. Wow. Yep. Damn. Yep. So, um, so Rob literally came out into the kitchen, like hung up the phone, and was like, fuck, man, Nate, uh, Nate just quit. And we're like, damn, you know, I think one of the, maybe one of the producer friends were there or something. Oh, shit. And he's like, well, you want to be my assistant to me? And I was like, I don't. What? Like, what? <laughs> That's so crazy. And, yeah. That's and, so and I was crazy. like, what? And he's like, you want to be you want to be my assistant? And I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't even know what an assistant does. Yeah. I don't know any of the streets here. I don't know. Fucking you, was there like fear in you? Like, what, what was that feeling? Yeah. So I was just like, it was just way over my head and I didn't even expect it. It wasn't even like something I was expecting. Out of nowhere. Yeah. It was just like, that's not my job. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to fucking do that. <laughs> yeah. you want me to go? Like, I don't even know where the damn grocery store is. <laughs> yeah. Like, this shit is crazy. So, uh, so I was like, I don't, maybe, man, let me think about it. Yeah. Right? And so his friends kept coming to me and being like, yo, man, don't do it. Like, he's a little too, like, harsh when it comes to work. And, like, it's going to ruin your relationship. And you're wild. not going to be happy. And, like, don't do it. Like, trust us. And I was just like, man, fuck it. Like, I don't, I don't know. I remember him. The only thing he ever really said to me was, like, I don't know. We, you might not, you might hate me for it. But, like. It's your only way. Like, I'd like to have you involved in this stuff we're doing and in this TV stuff and all this stuff we're doing. But the only way that that's ever going to happen is if you work for me and you're in my world, right? If not, it won't. So, you know, I don't know, but it's up to you. So I was like, fuck it, man. What do I have to lose, right? So I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Um, And then so I ended up, you know, getting to the point, I ended up going home for Christmas. And then when I came back, it was like my real move in, right? That's when I came with all my real bags and I got an apartment and worked for him. So thank God for those two girlfriends. 
Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That is yeah. crazy. One girl crushed your dreams and yeah. another one birthed. Oh, yeah, yeah but, but had it not been, this was crazy, is had it not been for my brother's girlfriend, him and I would have moved together. We would have got jobs and it would have been, like Rob and I wouldn't have built that initial friendship yeah. that caused him to ask. Wow, he would have really hired wild. another assistant, yeah. right? So, yeah, it's fucking weird. But that's how it happened. And then that's what happened with, with, uh, with his assistant's girl. That's that, wild. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So you're, you're a kid from Akron, Ohio. Yeah. Life has to be a lot slower over there. Like it just—it oh, yeah. it just has to be like scenic, community-driven, whatnot. Yeah, I go there tomorrow. What, what was really yeah, visiting moms? Fucking boring. Yeah, I'm gonna speak at my uh, high school graduation. Really? Yeah. That's my mom's. That's incredible. That's She's like probably gonna take ten billion pictures. Billion. <laughs> but that's like her dream. Does She's she been have for years? No, nah, but I'll. I'll I I'll feel be going you. live. I feel you. But uh, this is like one of those moments where she probably like would just get Snapchat so she could tell the world yeah. in real time. Oh, it'll be all over like Facebook in old people language. <laughs> That's great. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's her dream. So I, this year I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Let me ask you this. So, you know, I feel like so many people from around the world and especially stateside, you know, have this like dream about either coming to L.A. or going to New York. Yep. Like those are the two cities that, you know, everybody aspires to go to. Yep. And a lot of people get here, you know, with, with these ambitions and kind of get eaten up by the city because I get, you know, I guess it's one of those things where, yeah. you know, they feel like they have to assimilate and they end up losing themselves in the process. Yeah, I've seen it a million what, times. What was it like for you, you know, coming in here, coming to L.A., you know, mm -hmm. having the scenario occur, then, then you also came back to a show on MTV yeah. and also being Rob's assistant. So it's, it's naturally pressure, yeah. right? Not only pressure like in the in the... In the immediacy of the scenario, but yeah. also just like, it was we're nuts. in fucking L.A. over yeah. here. Like, what was that like it for was you? Nuts. Like, how was it, that? I, it, I can't even explain it. It's literally the only thing I can compare it to in my head is like going to war. Really? And you go to war and like, even though it's fucking crazy and you can't wrap your head around it, you hear these stories about like these guys that are addicted to it and can't, can't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Can't, uh, can't leave, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. how I felt. Like, it was, like, so crazy. Not to, like, it's not like it was a bad experience. I but I'm you. saying it was so much at once. Yeah. But then I really became addicted to it, like, like, the action, you know? And I think that's what made me, like, start the company and do all that stuff later was because I couldn't let that progress stop or that action stop. Okay. But, but the point is, it was absolutely crazy. I can't even really properly explain it. Um... It was zero to, you know, a thousand. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I moved and then you're filming a pilot for a TV show. And that's where my character was so incredibly like shy. Right. Was because even when I came, it was still like I remember there was a day when one of the producers pulled me aside while they were filming and said, look, man, like you're not in this. Like, this isn't your show, right? <laughs> so just kind of yeah, like, so like steer clear a little bit, right? Because wow. you can imagine, like, imagine if you two just started filming a reality show, yeah. right? Yeah. What's going to happen is all your friends are going to start coming over. And Rob used to have, like, a real open door policy back mm. then. Everyone's going to start popping in to see what's up. Yeah. Everyone's going to try to get in on every little scene. And, yeah. oh, I have my thing that's funny. And that really started happening. And so at one wow. point they came to me and they're just like, yo, you know, just make sure that you kind of... Do what you do, but let us live, you know, let us film here mm -hmm. a little bit. So I was yeah. like, okay. So what it really was was that there was so much going on. I couldn't even wrap my head around the fact that there was MTV cameras and all this shit was happening. And I still knew I wanted my way in. Yeah. Like I knew I wanted to be a part of this action. Yeah. And so that became my way in was being the shy, like, oh, what's fucking drama up to? He's probably down there washing clothes and fucking fucking up, right? And it was just like, <laughs> yep, I am. Like, you want to fuck what I'm doing. <laughs> like, what's up? I'm funny, too. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was, like, really my in. And then once I found that in, I stuck to it. Because it's crazy, man. That shit is all about dynamic. And it's yeah. like, if you don't... There was so many friends who wanted in on that show and just didn't get it. Yeah. Because they just couldn't fit the dynamic of, yeah. of how that shit went and there was room for me there was room for me to be the cousin who just moved there and i think people like that yeah and be the shy kind of whatever and and it worked well but were yeah you, it was were crazy. you conscious of that personality like of like um i have to play this character or was you just yes like look no. i'm just gonna kind of it wasn't like an awareness it was yes and no it, it was like yeah obviously i, I just knew my lane yeah it's kind of yeah. like if you go right now and you have dinner with uh, a good friend of yours, but that friend also knows Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
you're going to have a conversation if the conversation's open, but you're not going to be like, Stevie, Stevie, <laughs> oh, like the big movie, right? It's like you know your lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for me, it was like I knew my lane in that environment and how that worked, and I knew not to step out of that lane. Got it. Um, awesome. And I understood why it worked, and I understood where the comedy was. And and there was time, I, obviously, as we went on, I, I wrapped my head around more and more like what it really meant and honed in on it, and it became more of kind of acting. But sure. But there was a lot of times where, like, you know, any of the really bad scenes, like there was one for my 21st birthday, they shaved my head like an old man. Uh, <laughs> they, they did all this stuff. But any time that ever happened, they would come to me first and be like, hey, we're going we to do this. Oh, Got cool, it. cool. We think cool. it'd be really funny. Yeah. Like, are you okay? Like, this one's a little crazy. Are you okay yeah, with Yeah, like, that? are you all right? You and I'm okay like, yeah. And, like, literally, I don't think it was probably, I don't remember one, but there probably was. There was probably a few um, where I wasn't like, man, that is funny. Like that, that sucks, you. but damn it, right. that's funny. Like me going to Vegas with my head shaved like an old man wearing a suit <laughs> and partying for my 20th birthday. Like that's fucking funny. That's, that's awesome. Like how funny. am I not? How am I gonna be like, no, man, I'm not. No, <laughs> yeah, I don't care. you like, can't. No. So that's what it was. Were you th- were you still thinking about like during that time, like you st- pursuing like your your dreams, like getting a job or being a skater or like what am I gonna do as a career? Or were you at that so- point I was just on the fucking roller coaster. Just, right? You were just right. I'm I'm taking this ride. So here's what really happened. I hopped on the roller coaster and like I said, man, I can't even explain to you how coming from Ohio, so small town, quiet, whatever, to MTV, to reality show, to then like you're going out and I'm not even supposed to be going out to like clubs and shit. You're doing all that. There's obviously girls around, there's all this shit and it's just like what the fuck? So I'm just on the roller coaster at that point. Um I will say like probably after the first year of Robin Big is when I was like, man, I got to find my thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I need a thing. I can't just be like a reality star. right? And that's where music came about. Okay. Because I grew up playing the drums. My dad was a drummer, whatever, whatever. So after like a year, I was like, man, you need, like I said, you need a fucking thing. Yeah. Um, And so I went and I actually cashed out like where your parents, I guess like when you're a baby, people give you gifts and your parents put it into like savings bonds or whatever. Yeah. And the shit grows. And yeah, right? and yeah. It has like, to be a white person thing, though. I don't know where my fucking savings is. Yeah, are. if it's super white person. Gotcha. I, I had it on my bar mitzvah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I got like, that was like, it's just a bunch of these. I'm like, oh, yeah, where's where are all fucking, these pieces where, of paper? Where's my like, Persian yeah. permit? Like, what's going on over here? <laughs> it's yeah. like after 18, cash them. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, and I think it was like probably for me to go to college or something, you know? Gotcha. But yeah. to go to college, I literally cashed out like, $2,500 and went and bought a keyboard. Word. Right. And that was my first like thing. Right. And so I set that up in the house, in the Robin Big House. There's some scenes where you can see the keyboard in the fucking living room with, with Bose surround sound speakers for a television. Really? Where's my speaker? So, yeah. And you can see it in some of the old scenes. But, and that's where I started using those uh, old drum skills to make shitty little beats. And I, instantly went to the producers and started getting them placed on the show as background music. Oh, so a lot dope. of the original like little jingles when you come back from commercial and stuff were my like first beat. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's lit. Yeah, that's so really that's cool. when I was like, okay, you guys figure out your thing. Like this is just a launching pad, but, sure. but figure out your thing. So but, that was the seed of like the entrepreneurial chess that you started playing because you wanted to add value then. Yeah, and I've point. always played it, man. I, I've, you know, I was the kid like, like taking apart my bike and selling the pieces and having yard sales mm. and going through my parents' shit and being like, what can I sell at a yard sale and yeah. having a yard sale? And like, I got the money to move to LA from going around and filming a skateboard video of all the local skaters. And like, my brother was one of the best ones, right? Yeah. So, filming a video, I edited the video. It's called Point Blank. It's on YouTube right now. It's ridiculous. Um, I gotta go check that out. Edited the whole video. I made DVDs of it, um, printed the shit at home, the labels, whatever, whatever. Um, and then I did this big premiere at the local skate shop and I invited everyone premiere the Akron kids like our yeah. video blah 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 and so everyone came and then you could buy the DVD at the premiere right awesome. so, so I made, and I went around to all the skate shops and sold them the DVD awesome. so I made like 2,000 bucks I thought I was rich I yeah. thought I had already had it figured yeah. out came to LA it was gone in a week yeah. uh, but, <laughs> yeah, but I've yeah. always kind of had that that knack. Yeah, and so that's when I came to L.A. And I, and I saw them filming a show. I'm like, I don't know why, but I want to be involved in this shit. Word. And then this is cool, but I want to be making music or I want to be doing something. So that's where it started. But going back, getting a job, even the skateboard industry, those sort of things were, were out the window for me as soon as that happened. Damn. And then yeah. when, how, uh, how serious did you pursue music um, after, that, after that? So, yeah, because I saw the, the studio that was built on yeah. the show. I remember that. Yep. Um, why why music was it just like because of the, you you played the drums you're like I'm in LA or did you always want to be like I'm going to pursue a, a career in music No I really didn't I I played the drums in in Ohio and like I always wanted to like start a band or something but it just there's no reason to start a band in Ohio nobody even fucking listens 
to your shit. Yeah. Um, I guess the Black Keys. Yeah, exactly I guess I was saying, except the Black yeah. Keys. Yeah. yeah, which is insane. But yeah. um, it just, there was no motivation, right? Yeah. It was just like, there's no payoff here. So when I moved to LA, I, be, I, I became friends with Terry Kennedy, who's a pro skateboarder. Yep. Got it. And he had a rap group at the time called Fly Society. Uh, their producer, Felix, um, became my good friend. So he's the one who showed me how you even can make a beat sure. um, just on a keyboard and a computer. Yeah. So I that's when I was like, oh, shit, like there's something here. So it just kind of naturally happened. Mm-hmm. And then as far as how serious I took it, I mean, I really like throughout Robin Big, I was, you know, I made the Dirty Girl song, the famous Dirty Girl song. Yeah. That's how all that music, there became a really heavy joking music element in all those shows and yeah. because I was sitting making beats all day and Rob would come in and freestyle joking around and Big Black started rapping and that's what happened. But, that's awesome. um, but then I went on and fully made like a production company with a couple producers and, uh, and I had records with Trey songs and Kelly Rowland and yellow wolf and some real records. I had that studio in the fancy factory, which I was really at every night until 6am and, yeah. um, took it pretty far, but just wasn't for me. So what, in why, that aspect. Well, well, why? Why exactly? Here's why. Long story short is I, I keep in mind, I say that a lot. That's why I named my podcast short story long. Cause it's my <laughs> excuse to actually be able to talk long. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't like, the fact that, A, I was on this TV show and I wasn't really utilizing that to help market what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Because when you're making beats, you're still just sending emails of beats all yeah. day long and getting shit on all day long. Yeah. And nobody gives a fuck that you're on TV. If anything, it's probably a negative. Mm. Well, that, yeah, that's gonna, I was going to say, because like, how did people, how did that affect like your career into that of your image on TV and who you were? Yeah, not great. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think here's what it did. I think I could invite people to the Fantasy Factory, to my neat little studio, and they wanted to do that. So that definitely helped. I think people are always a little bit more incentivized to take a meeting or sit down with a kid who's on TV just because that's how people work. Yeah. Sure. But I think at the end of the day, uh, just the credibility was less. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And it's not, it wasn't cool. It was cool to come to the factory and to see the studio. It wasn't cool to say drama from Fantasy Factory produced your hit record, right? It just wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And not that that's, I mean, fuck it, I I would have battled through that. But I'm saying I noticed that I wasn't really helping myself. I was kind of living two different lives. Mm. Like I was filming TV and then I was sitting in the studio all night long, emailing beats, getting shit on, right? Mm -hmm. And so then I naturally not, I started Young and Reckless before I quit making music, but I started Young and Reckless and that started taking off and that um, worked with the show. And now I can use the show to promote it and I can do episodes about it and I can all this stuff and my fans are going to the mall and buying my t-shirts directly. Yeah. Um, So I just realized, and then when it started working so well, it was like, man, I can't. There's no way I'm going to be filming TV, running this clothing line, and sitting in the studio every night until 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And so naturally, the first to go was the one where you're getting shit on email and beats all day. It's just a lot of chasing money and a lot yeah. of whatever. So uh, one thing that I learned early on that I will preach uh, till the day I die is like, you can't try to be like P. Diddy. Yeah. You know, that's what a lot of people go wrong is sure. like you have a little bit of success in something or maybe you have no success, but yeah. you try to do 27 things mm-hmm. and you just won't ever have success or you'll take away from the one thing that could have been. So you got to kind of try a lot of shit. But when you yeah. see something working, you really got to pursue that. Got it. So that's what happened. So let me ask you this. Like you started clothing, you know, as you were doing the whole drama beat stuff and you were filming the shows and all that. Like what? Yeah. Did you have help? Did you know what you were doing? Were you guessing? Clothing? Like, and yeah. why even no. why why clothing? Because like you're in LA where there's like you have the Fairfax scene, you have the Venice yeah. scene, like everyone's making shirts. It's like that's that was a thing. It's like why why jump into that? I'll be really honest, because uh, we're friends here. It was a combination of once again, I need my thing. I need something that's going to make money. I need to start a business that's going to live beyond television. Mm-hmm. Clothing is something I can market. I saw how well Rob marketed for DC. Mm. Sure. I watched Big Black make millions of dollars off of Big Black clothing. Um, I watched the checks. I watched him pull them out of the envelopes. And he and actually like, talks about that too in his story. Yeah, he mm. made a lot of money in, in, in a really quick period of time. And I was just sitting there like, fuck. Um, and then on top of all of that, on top of the opportunity, what I saw 
was at the time, it was really before like social media was super strong and, and whatever, is I saw all the cool brands like on Fairfax and all that stuff. But I saw the fact that those brands were not selling like to malls or to where I was from. Mm-hmm. And so it. I thought like, man, I know all the people these people know. I know these people. Yeah. So if I created a brand that had some meaning and had some depth and had all these same people wearing it, but I sold it to the old me walking into the mall in Akron, Ohio, there's a real lane there for me to actually make some money and, and create something. Yeah. And so that was the combination that I that forced me to start it. Got it. That's interesting because like a lot of people you would think who want to start clothing brands and like just the scene it's kind of like music like you don't want to like have that sellout mentality. You kind of don't want to be in a mall. You yeah. know, you want to be in a shop on Yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah, well, that's that's the whole thing. It's like it's not a it's just for some reason the whole part of it is like I'm going to have a store and uh my little my my spot it's going to be super exclusive. Yeah. Um, but, it, but, it's, cool. but it's interesting because yeah. that's look I mean growing up in LA that's the mentality that kind of comes with it. you don't want to be in a fucking mall yep. but you saying well I was from Akron we didn't have a fucking Fairfax we we had malls and yep. that's where we kicked in that's what, that was our home that was even maybe part of your identity skating and stuff yep. um, yeah I think I've always wanted to be like I have never wanted to be too cool for fucking anybody Sure. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I'm from Akron or because I have no idea why, but I've never wanted that. I've never wanted to be like the elite, like mm-hmm. on Rodeo Drive or Fairfax. Or I've never wanted to be that guy. I've wanted to be the guy who brought something cool to the rest of the world. Yeah. And I don't think like the owner of the owners of the streetwear brands are cool. I think the owner of H&M is fucking cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's some cool what, shit. What, what like, makes him cool to you? Or, or because you, you. It's, it's, here's what I think. I think that there's a safety in staying small. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you're cool, but you're cool. You're safe. It's like being cool, like in your high school and thinking like, you know, it's like kids in high school that were the cool kids. And like, you really thought you were the shit. That means nothing for the rest of life. Right. So it's kind of like that. It's like it's cool. It's really easy to be cool and protected at a really small level. But to really create something that for some reason, because it's cool, it's uh, the price is right. The opportunity was there. You really affected millions of people and created something fucking massive. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I, that's, that's my opinion. I, I think it's, I don't know, you just want to live on a higher level yeah. if you can. So it seems like you, you, you've been in a scenario where like you've just been willing to take risks. Like you've put yourself in scenarios or have gotten thrown in scenarios, but like yeah. you've always wanted to build upon them as opposed to, you know, oh, dope, like this is happening. Let me just bask in this for the moment. Yeah, never. So with, with clothing, you know, and, and the mind that you have, like you see a, a prime opportunity, you, you, it's kind of something like a hundredfold better than a music game because you're not pitching people to come and come to the studio and vibe out and then have to deal with the industry as it is. But yeah. now you have a tangible product and a brand that you want to you start. Yep. You have a platform that you can do it with. You, you just need a partner or you just need somebody to, to, yeah. to give you the lay of the land. Naturally, you saw how Rob built, you know, was able to continue to build the empire that he's been building. Yep. Um, what, what was it for you that, that like, who, did you have help? Did you go to yeah, somebody? It was it? And I'll, I'll give you the funny part. Sometimes I leave this out. Here's the funny part of the story is I actually went, so my business partner is a guy who you know very well, Noosh, named Dee Murthy. What's up, D? Uh, 5-4 Clothing. Foshi. 54club.com sign up. Hey, um, hey, hey. Um, and here's what's funny. When I uh, when we were on Robin Big, yeah. I watched Rob making millions of dollars from DC from all his sponsors. Uh, he started Rogue Status Clothing at the same time too. Uh, I watched Big Black cash in massive multi $100,000 checks at a time. I was on like, some basic merch too. Yeah, and I was like, "Fuck, man! Yeah. Like, give me something. Like, where's yeah. my piece? I'm third in line. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah what yeah. the fuck? I literally, along with a few others, but I literally went to D and Andres and said, "Yo, man! Like, I'm on this show and blah blah blah. Like, how, if you give me 500 bucks a month, I'll wear all five four. And they're like, "Nah, we don't really do that." Yeah. And I was like, fuck, like 30, <laughs> like, just like, damn, I can't even get 500 bucks a month. And I was going around to people, 500 bucks a month, nobody would do it. And I'm like, fuck. Now, funny thing is, had they just given me 500 bucks a month, Young and Reckless would never exist. Sure. No question. Yeah. Definitely would not. So what happened was then when Fantasy Factory, so keep in mind, Robin Big ends. Yeah. 
in our minds, our, we're, we're over it. Like our reality TV days are done. Yeah. So I go on, like I'm going to be a producer, whatever, whatever. Um, MTV comes back and says, look, we want you guys back on the air. Big Black had moved to take care of his kid. Mm-hmm. They're like, we want you guys back on the air. Uh, you and Rob, uh, Rob and you. Um, and you can do whatever you want. Right. Just fucking come up with a show. Do it. Right. Rob came up with the concept for Fantasy Factory. We're off to the races. Pretty much straight to series. Like not really a pilot because they knew, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. So anyway, so I was like, OK, here's my chance. Like yeah. now I'm second in line. Right. Like I fucking got this. <laughs> I feel and you. So I'm like, come on, man. So I'm fucking <laughs> racking my brain. I'm like, what is it? What is it? What is it? Couldn't come up with the name, whatever. Getting to the point, the first season we start filming. I don't have trademarks. I don't have. I think I had just came up with the name, but I don't have my trademark. Got it. So there's nothing to do an episode about. I mean, the way that that show worked and Rob works and we all work was it was all based off of reality. Yeah. Even in funny, stupid ways, it was based off of what we were actually doing. Yeah. So there's nothing to do a fucking episode about if you don't actually have a clothing line. Yeah. Um, the part of the story is, is that I did, of course, go to Rob and say, yo, man, give me a clothing line. Like, you know how to do this shit. Yeah. Pull the fucking strings. And he was like, nah, man, like, I just I have too much shit going on. Like, it's just not whatever. Right. Yeah. And he like, I, I want to be clear whenever I say this, like he wasn't dissing me. And thank God that he did that. Yeah. But he just truly didn't have the time or the no energy. Capacity. Or, yeah. And, and for his sake, I didn't sell the vision. Right. Yeah. So. Um, so the point was came up with the name ended up going and getting the trademarks I went back to D and Andres and said hey guys it's me again the $500 kid <laughs> and I said this time we have this show coming out like this shit's gonna be a fucking hit uh, I'm second in charge on this one yeah. let's partner up and let's do a line together and they were like okay cool we'll, we'll try that so it was incredible. I mean, the biggest unbeknownst thing. to you, like when they started Five Four, they had already done like a streetwear vibe called uh, yeah. Hollywood uh, uh, Hollywood Cartel. Cartel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So I didn't know that. And and here's the great thing is like they knew how to manufacture it and distribute it, and they knew like the ins and outs that yeah. I had no fucking idea. Yeah. Um, and I felt pretty confident that I knew how to like make it a thing, market it. Got it. You know, and they didn't really know. They hadn't really had much success. Um, with Hollywood Cartel, they had some initial, but and so the, thank God for them, they were like, Yeah, let's give it a shot. Who fucking knows? And we mm-hmm. all just really went for it. Yeah, um, we had no idea what we were doing, but they knew the basics. I knew kind of the basics of what I wanted, and we went for it. And it was a fucking, you know, dream, Smash. dream team. Yeah, so let me ask you this because this is something that I feel like, you know, in, in, in biographies and stories, like little moments like these kind of get like brushed over, yeah. like it happened, this, that, and the other. Let me ask you this. So you had the idea for the show. You're seeing business deals go down. You're, you're obviously seeing negotiations for the line go down. For, for just everything around you. Like Rob's doing his No, no, thing. but I mean, I had the idea for the clothing line for you're saying? For the clothing yeah, line, yeah, yeah. right? So, so you went to D, the, the $500, $500 kid with a new idea, yeah. right? But the $500 kid with a platform and a brand, yeah. right? And you're saying, I need help putting this out. Yeah. Take me through what, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily need to talk deal points, but yeah. how did you guys negotiate yeah. that figment of your imagination? Yeah. Like you knew it was going to be dope, right? Yeah. But then in business, cats have to work out a deal, yeah. right? So what was that process like? Because I feel like a lot of people in their entrepreneurial endeavors get crossed up and caught up in like the deal points and how do I get this to happen or I don't know all the specifics yeah. of it and what am I doing but then they hear like okay yeah I met this dude and then kind of they said yes and then we said yeah and then we yeah. kind of made it moving yep. was there so they said yeah let's try this out yeah was there a negotiation factor Not was there really. like you having the like how do in your instance how did it work now yeah. even if it was just kind of like that hunky dory like let's just see how this yeah. works and we'll yeah. figure it out but what was that like? Here's how it went down. I mean, the good, good and, and bad thing about, uh, about D especially, because D was really like the, you know, my guy on yeah. it, right? Yeah. Um, he is very like, eh, if it works out, it works out. Like, yeah. That's kind of his attitude. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, when shit gets real, he's on it, right? Yeah. Like he doesn't fucking play with no, that. He's, but he's I'm saying, a hustler's hustler. But he's very much like good energy, good vibes. If yeah. we're meant to be t- partners, we will, Absolutely. and it'll be fine and blah, blah, blah. And, and it was kind of that way. Okay. Now, um, there was some negotiation and there was some like, there obviously is operating agreements and contracts, but my advice, which is pretty much what we did without getting into details, is split it. Word. That's my biggest advice to fucking everyone is like people come into these things and it's like, I don't know, man, you got to know 
you got to know where you have leverage and know where you don't. Yeah. Sure. And, and for the most part, if you're starting a business or a anything with somebody, fucking split it. Mm. You know, because there has been times, sure, when, when yeah, D and, D and them couldn't have created Young and Reckless without me. Absolutely no chance. Yeah. That doesn't mean I deserve 80% of fucking everything, right? Because I sure as hell couldn't have done it without them. Absolutely. And there's no chance. And so, you know, uh, that's where a lot of people go wrong, man, is they, they, something becomes kind of real and they start digging into their value. Got it. Like, nah, fuck that, fuck that. I'm on 80%. I want blah, blah, blah. And like I said, for all intents and purposes, the thing's split across the board. And that's how a lot of my stuff is. Um, Because you just, if you can't do it without the other person, then, What's the point? Yeah, then fucking split it. I don't know. I don't know. But that, that's Work. a big piece of advice for mine. But, but so, yeah, there was a, there was a negotiation process and, process and whatever. And, and obviously, there's way more details yeah. to it, yeah, to that yeah, sort yeah. of agreement than that. But like I said, we both equally benefit absolutely uh, from the success. And we both you guys came to a equally get boned by the failure. Yeah, yeah. But the fact is, you guys did it. That's the, like, I think that's where so many people get, yeah. get it, get it like, misconstrued and also just don't even pull the trigger. Yeah, because they're so worried about well, what about this and what about that? It's just like, look, like if it's gonna work, it's gonna work. Yeah, and I couldn't be fucking happy. There has not been one day, one single day, when I've thought, man, this shit's cool, but I should have got ten more percent. Yeah, right, 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 right. I no, feel you. It, it takes away from work. the from the from the vision. Yeah, yeah, and there's just like I've never done it. It's never like you won't because when you actually go through the grind and you actually fucking put the work in and see the work that the other people put in. Yeah. You don't regret anything. It's just like, man, we are all winning together because we did this together. So I don't know. That, that's that's my best advice. Um, anytime you're kind of starting from a similar situation and trying to just start something like don't don't feel yourself too hard because it'll ruin the entire thing. I know it's the old cliche saying, but it's better to have 50 percent of something than 100 percent of nothing. Absolutely. Right. It's just so fucking true. The reason why it's cliche is because it's true. You can yeah. repeat it all day long. Now, yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Um, and also, like, I, I was always kind of an advocate. I used to play in a band for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And um, songwriting would always, like, come up, right? Yep. Uh, sometimes, like, you know, I feel I always felt like if you were like, oh, I want uh, 8.75% and you'll get 15, and you're just like, oh, my God. Yep. It, it, like, takes away so much, like, it's incentive. Wild, it, like, yep. people start doing things for the wrong reasons because yep. it's like, Oh, I'm going to try to force an idea just so I can get my percentage. Just yeah, yeah. like, what are you Talk doing? About splits out of nowhere. Yeah, like, and, that, yeah. and that's a real thing. But I've always been an advocate for just like, yo, if we're going to build this as a community or as a team, you know, just make it even. Yeah. So it's almost you're not thinking about that. And it's the only way because at the end of the day, like the magic comes from the fucking magic, right? Like if you sure. start talking about money and splits and all that shit right away, you're going to kill what would even potentially make the thing great. Yeah. You know, the only way it's ever going to be great is from truly coming up together. There not being any bitterness, any resentment, any anything like that. It's the only way. I, I, at least I'm a firm believer. There are some people who fucking bully their way through life yeah. and some people have gotten really rich from it. Yeah. Um, but I've never seen it hands on. I've never learned that way. That's crazy. What do you think throughout like um, going from, from making the transitions to, to being on TV, to music, to fashion, mm-hmm. what's probably been one of your, your lower points, like one of your failures? Oh, man, there's been a lot. Um I don't know, man. I, 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 it's hard for me to say like an exact time or or moment. But there's been a lot. I mean, there was the time when, you know, like I said, the Robin Big phase. Now, this is early on. I wasn't really owed shit. But like the Robin Big phase where I was making zero dollars off of Robin Big. I was watching all this money being made around me. The music stuff wasn't working. Um and obviously that was like my first taste of like just because everyone around you is making money doesn't mean you're not going to. Yeah. If you don't fucking figure it out, right? Yeah. I'll say also there was a really big time um, after like my biggest fear was was tying the brand to the, the Young and Reckless to the show mm-hmm. and the success of the brand relying on the show, right? Mm. Gotcha. And so there was a time when there was like a massive gap in between seasons because we didn't know if we were going to do another season. 
and the clothes literally stopped selling. Mm, and we were wow. like, fuck, like this is it. Yeah. This is your worst fear. It's over. Like me and D actually ended, actually got into like a yelling argument with each other that the whole office could hear, which I'll make sure <laughs> really? I never do that again. Yeah. <laughs> and where he's like, the shirts just aren't fucking selling. Like, what do you want me to do? And I'm like, what the fuck are we supposed to do? Like it was literally, and like, I remember opening the door and everyone's like, the shirts aren't selling? Like what the fuck are we doing working here? Right. Oh, wow. shit. But um, uh, that was a time when I really thought like, man, this is all over. And like, yeah. you didn't, you thought you were like, you know, you thought you really had something and you just don't. Um, but there's been a lot. There's been a lot of, uh, there's even challenges that happen now with retail changing and with all these things yeah. where you go home some nights and you know the good thing about this kind of creative whatever ambitious brain of mine is like some days you feel like you're on top of the world and you can do anything and yeah. that's what causes you to create a company or to do whatever but on the other side of that you have days where you feel literally like you're worth nothing and nothing's yeah. working and like sure. it's all over I mean I do that often but how this, do you deal with that like, just like internally Cause I'm sure, like everybody sees this and all these successes, and like yeah. they see, like you know, you, you're friends with everybody, but like there think, has to be moments where you just feel alone. Oh like, my God, yeah. I think as I've gotten older, like I've just learned to deal with it because I know it comes and goes. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, in the beginning, you just dealt with it because you have there's no other option really. You know what yeah. I mean? But there was a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that comes with like being on TV and a lot of people that are around for the wrong reasons and a lot of people that want to work with you and doing that at a young age you start to like you know not trust people and you yeah. start to feel like everyone you know and like i said it's not some like crazy story but you do have those days and then you just have my natural sort of bipolar brain that just feels like a loser a lot of times but you just know i mean it passes then you wake up the next morning and you're blaring fucking drake and dancing around your house in your boxers right. like i'm about to kill it today yeah, yeah. yeah i don't know you have good days and you it's have like ebbs and flows well, of life i guess yeah, you know what i mean it's yeah. i think mine and, and a lot of people's some people's are more dramatic than others it's, and it's it's interesting because like a lot of what we talk about too like in this podcast is this very kind of like area of Art and commerce, right? Yeah. Uh, whether it's music, whether it's fashion, how important is that to to kind of marry those two? In you know, because a lot of people are like, "Yo, I had to make the switch because um, I wanted to make money. I was tired of being broke." Or yeah, um, sometimes you sacrifice your art to make money. Or yeah. like, but you have to find the balance, right? Um, and I'm I've never been a fan of the term sellout, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's complete bullshit. But like, I always am interested on people's perspective who like. One, being an entrepreneur, um, building a business, but also building the business based on art. Yeah. And how you have to do have to kind of like live in that delicate world a little bit. Yeah. Because a lot of your credibility uh, depends on that. How do you. How do you and that's with the that? challenge, right? That's why. Um, that's 100% the challenge. And to me, that's the balancing act that happens on the way while you're growing something. And the goal for me is as big as you can grow things while still keeping the integrity or the art element um, is the goal. Yeah. Um, and I think that similar to my streetwear comment, it's easy to be a broke artist, right? It's fucking easy. Yeah. It's not, it's not very easy to be a rich person with no talent but it's fucking stupid but my point is <laughs> right, right, right. my point is like it's easy to like be like oh i'm a painter and like yeah. but are you a painter if you're not i mean i don't know i i don't know so so to me it's like how big can you make things without ever losing the integrity mm-hmm. for me young and reckless i created it uh to really stand for something and to really be you know the voice for young people and kind of the i can do everything and fuck uh, anyone that tells me i can't live my dreams or I can't overcome this obstacle or whatever. I'm going to do that by any means necessary. Right. And that's kind of the life that I lived. And I wanted to kind of be able to embed that into other things and yeah. way larger scale. I mean, we've worked with people who have done it on a way larger scale and it's, sure. and I enjoy doing it. But, um, the goal for me is how can I make it a hundred million dollar, uh, you know, global brand, but still when a kid in, in, China puts it on, he still kind of feels that way. Mm-hmm. If you can do that, to me, you've really, really created something special. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's a very different, like speaking on integrity. Yeah. And also just like putting it in the perspective of like, even in this, you know, creativity versus commerce world is that you're naturally growing as a person, right? Yep. Your brand is evolving with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the people that loved your brand, 
years ago aren't the same person today. Mm-hmm. You're in a stage now where your brand is going a little more premium. Like you have yeah. to, you have to consistently want to wear your brand and yeah. still be a figurehead in your brand yep. for it to be believable. Yep. Right? It's not just like drama left and, and whatever what yep. have you. Yep. Yep. Um, how is that? How has that been for you in keeping the integrity and kind of like building the integrity within yourself, mm-hmm. but also dealing with the backlash of like the consumer that. You know, I feel like it's like a musician, right? Like you get you get used to a sound or you get used to a product and a yep. brand. Yep. And then naturally we're human beings and we grow and we evolve. Yep. But you're you're gonna leave people behind. Yep. Here's the reality. Hundred percent and I don't have any confusion about this. My brand is not me. In the sense of young and reckless is sixteen to twenty-four. Okay. Um and what I'm here to do with my brand is tell people that you need to disregard the rules, go out there, do what you want to do by any means necessary, fuck what anyone says, and I'm going to help you dress and look cool while you do it. Mm-hmm. Right? it. But one day I'm going to be 40, yeah. and I'm not going to be making Dockers and expecting my kid to wear it. Yeah. So what I'm really doing is I'm evolving the, the clothing with the times. Got it. And with what's going on and what's relevant. I'm not, and I'll never misquote this, I'm not like some big fashion designer who will never change my... Mm. Like the power for me is in the brand. Got it. And the, 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 the value of the brand is that we can always be valid with the times. Yeah. Right? That's where I look at people like Zara... Um, who do an incredible job at their clothes looking like it's, you know, $10,000 stuff insane. off the runway. They yeah. have it before the people even got it off the damn runway. And it's like 65 yeah. bucks. Yeah, and it's like 65 bucks. That's fucking incredible to yeah. me. So to me, if I can create that, right? I'm on trend. It looks cool. Um, it's affordable. Good and quality. Good quality. And it makes you feel empowered. And mm. we offer you good content. And we offer you good stories. And we... That's something, you know what I mean? That's what I want to be a part of. So that's the trick with me. The trick is more so keeping up with the times and keeping up with the prices and keeping up with whatever. A lot of people go wrong by being trapped in their own shit. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It just so happens that where the trend went is also how I dress, right? Like I was wearing John Elliott and I was wearing all these kind of basics brands and it ended up that the rest of the country went there too. Mm -hmm. Got it. And so thankfully more of the young and reckless stuff started looking like what I was wearing anyway, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I was wearing it more anyway. So now it's a fucking dream come true, right? But had the trend went to bright screen printed fucking baseball jerseys, I would have only worn it in photos. Yeah. And I would have put on a blank gray (laughs) t-shirt when I left. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not me. That's where That's you can look at countless twisted, brands though. who have failed where it's just the owner thought they had too much mm. say. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, no. That, that shit ain't cool. Like, well, yes, it is. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, like that's your job is to create. I want to create a brand for the world, not for myself. Got it. You know, so that's an incredible distinction. It's an important one. All you young entrepreneurs. And it was a very it was one that I had to very boldly and blatantly carve out in my brain because naturally when you're on tv everyone's following me right and they're reacting to me and they're reacting to what i say but you have to understand i had to come to grips with the fact that i am not a rapper or an artist or a you know what i'm saying i'm an entrepreneur yeah and nobody wants to dress like kids don't get out of bed in the morning and say i'm going to school today and i'm going to look like Mark Zuckerberg. Like they just <laughs> right, don't, right? right, right? Exactly. You know what I'm right. saying? They don't dress up like, I'm going to be Richard Branson today. They yeah. dress like fucking Drake and like, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. So uh, I realized that. So another thing I never did was took myself too serious and thought like, okay, well, it's me now. And all yeah. these kids are responding to me. Well, and so I'm the mirror, so the wake up in the morning, look at the mirror like, yeah. Right, like today we're going to make fucking bandanas around your pinky. <laughs> 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 like, fuck that. So anyway. But so, I think, like I said, it's important. It's the biggest challenge in life. Art and commerce. That's the game that I love to play. Not everyone loves to play it. People like to be broke artists. And for them, yeah. that's great. People like to be really, really rich fucking assholes who have sure. no, nothing to offer this world. A lot of them are right down the street on Rodeo. Um, <laughs> that's their prerogative. That's fine for them. But for me, that's the great challenge. Got it. You know? So you seem to have been taking all of these challenges like with, with incredible just gusto. Um, you're at a point in your life where, you know, 
you're making money, you, you want to put yourself in positions where you can make more impact, whether it's through your brand, whether it's through ancillary things that you're doing, like you've started your podcast. Yep. Um, I'm sure you have different endeavors that you're dipping and dabbling into being, you know, surrounded by the, the brilliant minds that you are. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, do you feel like you've made it? Like, what, what, is, what does success look like to you? Like, do you feel successful? Is, is success something that you're always going to be chasing? Like, what, what is that for you? I'm going to be honest. I'm trying to figure that out at this point in my life. Okay. Uh, I think that for a long time, probably for, uh, you know, what, almost my entire life, where I'm at today is technically success. Yeah. Right? Um, but I think that I noticed, and not to get too deep here, but I think that I noticed, like, when the TV kind of came to an end and when the brand's successful and it's working, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I guess it freed up maybe some mental space or maybe a little bit of time or whatever. And it really made me realize, not that I, I'm very, very far from unhappy. Got it. But it just kind of gave me some time to think like, man, you've, you know, you did this TV thing that you never thought you would do that. Sure. Um, you created this company, you're making money, um, that's stable. Um, what really is, you know, like what really, really makes you happy? Yeah. So for me, I think that the answer is, and it's something that we always hope that we'll get. But I just, I don't know, man. It's, it's a tough it's a tough question because I feel like there's no answer like every answer is well let me say this let me just say this I, I don't I've never met anyone that said you know what man I found it and if I have they're fucking weird like do yoga all day and like you know what I'm saying like I don't yeah. want that if that's Being crystal baths yeah and shit. like yeah. fuck that if that's it I don't want to find that yeah <laughs> um, but, but what that I've never found anyone that's been like yeah I think part of what you don't this is part of the great game here is like you don't realize uh, that the the success is the fact that you're actually still looking for the next thing yeah, sure. right and that's what i'm kind of finding peace in a little bit more as i go and i feel like there was a time when i was young i started making money i bought a fucking lamborghini i was and i just thought like more 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 yeah. right um and i think a little bit more as i've gotten older it's like man like you enjoy the real joy is in the fucking journey and Absolutely. is in like chasing this thing and is in ans- trying to answer that question it's enjoying to sit with you and be able to debate that issue. Absolutely. I don't know. I think, like I said, the best I can get to tell you the answer is I think that it's um, being stable, yeah. being happy with what you do every single day, and being able to constantly play the game and stay challenged and stay excited. And, you know, that's to me is a successful life. Incredible. You know? But yeah, I've seen, I don't know. I've seen a lot of people. Success is definitely not dollars. That's a fact. Yeah. I mean, you know? I think I think it's just one of those things like, you know, in, in, in these in these hubs, like I love when people say like, oh, L.A. or oh, New York, all these different things. It's like, but like it's all relative. Right. Yeah. But it comes to a point where, you know, from what I've seen and kind of what you've touched on incredibly is that like success really has to do with how you see yourself. Yeah. As opposed to. But we're in a world where especially in, in Los Angeles and it's like entertainment, like all eyes on you. Yeah. And also kind of the, the, the road in which you've traversed yeah. is so many different eyes are on you. Like, so many people are looking to you for this, that, and the other. Yep. Your friends are seeing all of these types of things, whether they, they're doing it themselves yep. or they're kind of latching on and you know that and they're yep. kind of, you know, you're in this scenario where you have to, like, keep so many different, uh, you know, personalities and you have to you, you have to be a certain type of person. And, yep. and, and I feel like people lose themselves in that process oh, yeah. by basing their self-worth on what they're viewed as yeah. as opposed to being able to just, like, Wake up in the morning and be like, fuck, bro, I, I don't want to go to to the club with you on a Tuesday. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like, no, or I'm at the club and I'm like, you know, texting my girl. Yeah. Or, or just want to be out of there. And yeah. I'm not like raging with y'all, but I'm yeah. not like crying in a fucking corner. Yeah. But you're asking me if, if I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, motherfucker, I'm okay. I'm yeah. just not like wilding out at the club yeah, anymore. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, how, like, I feel like, you know, you're a type of person that's very self-aware um, yep. And it has been able to, you know, go through these things, albeit through trial and tribulation. But, yep. you know, you're very centered with yourself. Like, how how's that been for you growing as a person and also knowing that, you know, maybe other people's expectations of, of, of what, you know, who you were or who you are aren't, 
necessarily, yeah. you know, it's it's not their right to, to distinguish that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, here's my opinion on it. It's been a fucking really interesting journey for me. Um, I'm incredibly thankful. I mean, keep in mind, like, I've moved to L.A. I've fucking been on TV, seen what a little bit of fame is like. Not to mention, wow, like being shot out of cannons and attacked by fucking sharks and bulls and like all this crazy shit. Wow. Yeah. Like sometimes I literally now will go watch old episodes and be like, fuck, man. It's what like having a crazy home video <laughs> yeah. of like the time you got attacked by a shark. It's yeah. like, what the fuck? So, so it's kind of this crazy thing. And then I did notice like a little bit of a phase where like I felt like I was trying to play myself yeah, mm-hmm. uh, okay, and not okay. play myself but uh, you know what I'm saying like yeah. I was I be, was trying to become myself yeah. yeah and it was a very short phase but it was a phase that I do feel like happened and I think that I've learned a lot through the entire process it's been fucking interesting I kind of forget the original question what was the original question the original question was just like how is it for you like how is it yeah I mean you, you answered the question weird. I don't know it's just like um, it's it's one of those things it's like growing growing into your own but yeah. also knowing that like the people that you've grown up with like are expecting something of you or even like the community in yeah, general yeah yeah no, yeah it's just fucking I don't know it's cool man I, I like it yeah I like it in the sense I've been able to do all this shit I've created this company. I've done a decent job. I still feel like I have a lot of shit to do. Absolutely. I I feel like I can do it. I honestly believe that. Um, I've lived a lot of different lives already, and I plan to live a bunch more. But I I think that I'm in a really good spot where, you know, I don't care anymore about um, who I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It's cool that the show is gone, and it's just something I did um, because. Also, like, you know, there was a little bit of, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't, like, there was a, there was a hunger in me to, like, get past that, like, get past being Rob's cousin, get past being yeah. the little homie. Just get that past, identity, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and I think, think that really pushed you forward as well? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And then, and then I did, and now I have, and now it's kind of like, oh, shit, okay, you've done that, and you don't have anything to prove, and, yeah. like, you know I mean, I'm just being able to be a little bit more of, like, a normal dude. Awesome. Um, and... It's cool, man. I've had a really, really interesting perspective on this shit. And that's why I'm now doing like the podcast. And yeah. eventually I do want to write a book. And like, uh, just because it's fucking interesting. I don't know. It's stories worth telling and yeah. worth sharing, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Incredible. Crazy, man. You're incredible, man. bro. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Check out Drama's podcast. Short story long. Short story long. Get it. And let me know, like, you know, obviously we're fucking good friends and we see each other every day. So, Absolutely. like, as you go, we can, because, uh, like, what I think I'm going to do with mine is, like, as people I know are doing new, exciting things, yeah. or maybe something happens, just have them back on. Yeah. So, anytime, you know what I mean, I'll yeah, pop no, in. That, yeah, for, for us, I mean, that's what we yeah. tell everyone, because it's, like, it's about the journey. And, and the whole thing, I mean, to what Anush was saying, is, like, there is no fucking end point with success. There's yeah. no end point to the journey. It's, like, I think it's like at first it might be the dollar like oh i got rich well yeah. i'm i'm rich now and then but that that doesn't feed the yeah. happiness sometimes yes. it doesn't feed just the hunger to be like an entrepreneur or to create or yeah. to build you yeah. know no i agree um I agree. it is about the journey so like i think the drama a year from now or even six months from now is probably going to be a different person than we're yeah. speaking Absolutely. to today and that's where the fun is man i'll tell you that because i've seen all sides of it a little bit and like i said not to be dramatic no pun intended but like <laughs> i've seen i've seen the bougie rich side i've seen yeah, the hungry sure. up and coming side and like the fun is in the fucking hunger, man. And like, yeah. obviously everyone wants to know you're going to be able to pay your bills and you're going to be able to eat and you're going to be able to whatever. But like yeah. the, um, the real joy is in the fucking hunger and, and the, some of the like most depressed times I've ever had were like at the end of vacations or at the end of long times, Word. just wow. sitting, doing fucking nothing, oh, just being rich, right? Like, oh, I've just done nothing the last three <laughs> days. Go <laughs> fucking drive around in my nice car and stare at my watch. Like, Wild. the fuck? That shit is stupid. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't like those scenarios. And, and, you know, the joy is in the... The beauty is in the struggle, as uh, J. Cole. Word. And, and a million other people journey, said. Bro. It's yeah. like, Look, like we, we, we can have multiple destinations that we want to get to, but it's like, you know, don't forget that the best part of, of this life that we're leading and, and this life that we're living and, and these dreams that we're chasing is chasing them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let and me tell a quick story, really shitty please. probably, that my yeah. friend told me the other day. And I tried to tell this on my podcast the other day and I d- had to delete it. Really? Because I told it so poorly. <laughs> so let me give a disclaimer that if I tell it poorly, delete it. Okay. Um, you got but, it. Uh, my friend told me the other day was that, you know, this guy, uh, these group of really rich businessmen go to this island, right? Let's say Barbados okay. uh, on vacation. 
and they decide to go on a fishing excursion. And so they go out on the fishing boat and there's this nice, you know, local guy and he takes them out on the boat and whatever. And, and they get to talking as they're out at, at sea and the rich, you know, these rich fucking, you know, assholes. Yeah. Or like, hey, man, you know, what's your name? You know, and tells him his name. And they say, well, how long have you been doing this? He says, oh, you know, uh, five years. And they say, well, why don't, you, why don't you get another fishing boat? Yeah. And he's like, well, why? And like, well, then you have two fishing boats and you have double that, you know, you hire a guy and blah, blah. Well, and then what? Well, then you get like four fishing boats. Blah, blah, blah. Then, then what? Yeah. Then you start your own company. And then you run the whole island. Everyone that comes here has to go fishing with you. He's like, well, then what? And they're kind of sitting there in this little bit of standoff, and it's that the answer is that then if he does that successfully, he could be just like them, and, but He's go fishing assholes. every day. Yeah. And that's what he does today. Yeah. He goes fishing every single day, and he Absolutely. does what he loves every single day, and yeah. he doesn't have to be rich. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was he something He already where, is rich. Yeah, but <laughs> these guys were like, where's your phone? You know, where's your... And that's where, <laughs> yeah. that, that always I comes to that. mind on the success question, because like, for me, the balance is in the middle. Yeah. I want to be the rich asshole and the fisherman. Absolutely. Right? I don't know if that's possible, sure. but that's my goal. Yeah. Um, but what I'm that. saying is there are people who who are just live normal fucking happy lives and you know are happier than a lot of these rich quote unquote successful people that we deal with every single day yeah so that's the thing man i think uh it's it's about finding what is your thing um where you are happiest yeah and and that's where the success lies and get after i it. love that story yeah, yeah for real I yeah i don't it. know the proper that still was kind of shitty but it was like me. <laughs> that was like medium it. shitty yeah. but but it's good enough to leave but it was it was better than i told it on mine but there's like a better ending but but it's the theory of like Absolutely. well fuck i i could do all that work to go fishing every day exactly. and right now what i do is i go, go fishing every yeah day. and i don't like, need to fuck. think about 16 other boats and people yeah. that are managing like i'm doing what i love yeah, yeah. i'm jealous of that dude drama where can people find you on the on the interwebs uh i pretty much own all things drama so you can find me on facebook at drama uh instagram drama twitter drama drama snapchat drama drama uh short story long podcast on itunes mm. youngandreckless.com uh Yep. My brother, it's been incredible Katie. having you. Thank you so much hey, for giving for this, your time. Yeah, enjoy it. Super you know what I'm saying? Dude. This is amazing. Yeah, and I can't you, wait yeah, for, for people to actually hear your story, man. This yeah, is beautiful. Man. Yeah. I'm going to be telling Let's it over go. and over until somebody listens. You better believe it. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> Mama! Mama! We, we made it! it! Ah. <laughs>